loving father in heaven praise honor glory and adoration be unto your name O lord we thank you for giving us the privilege of being a part of the living thank you for health thank you for water for food for shelter for the ministry of the angels on our behalf we're grateful for all these things O lord the life you've given to us lord we ask that you would consecrate it to your service May our lives be one that will bring glory to your name. So, Lord, we pray that as we go through our devotion, please, Lord, equip us and prepare us that these these words may help us to do just that. Put your words in our mouth as we speak, that we may speak words of blessings to all who would hear. Do all this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling August 10 Benefits of Regularity and Order I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 There is need to cultivate every grace that Jesus has brought within our reach. For that grace alone can remedy our defects. Christ alone can transform the character. And God would have us manifest this grace so richly provided in the little as well as the large things of life. Our God is a God of order, and He desires that His children shall will to bring themselves into order and under discipline. If the youth will form habits of regularity and order, they would improve in health, in spirits, in memory, and in disposition. It is the duty of all to observe strict rules in their habits of life. This is for your own good, dear youth, both physically and morally. When you rise in the morning, take into consideration as far as possible the work you must accomplish during the day. If necessary, have a small book in which to jot down the things that needs to be done and set yourself a time in which to do your work. Slow dilatory habits make much work out of very little. But if you will, you may overcome these fussy lingering habits. The exercise of the willpower will make the hands move deftly. These matters have been looked upon as little things and almost unworthy of notice. But many are deceived as to the importance of these little things. They bear strongly upon the whole. God does not regard anything as unimportant that pertains to the well-being of the human family. He gave his only begotten Son for the body as well as for the soul, and all is to be consecrated to him. Great truth can be brought 
into little things. Practical religion must be carried into the lowly duties of daily life. And in the performance of these duties, you are forming characters that will stand the test of the judgment. Then, in whatever position you may be placed, whatever your duties may be, do them nobly and faithfully, realizing that all heaven is beholding your work. Amen. title of the devotion once again is benefits of regularity and order and the key text is from first corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 and 5 it says i thank my god always on your behalf for the grace of god which is given you by jesus christ that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge the outline that I would like us to look into is cultivate every grace that Jesus had given and God will have us manifest this grace to show forth the grace. Our God is a God of order and he desires that his children shall bring themselves into order and under his discipline. If the youth will form habits of regularity and order, they will improve in health, in spirit, in memory, and in disposition. It is the duty of all to observe strict rules in their habits of life. And the last point is, and in the performance of these duties, you are forming characters that will stand the test of judgment. The test of the judgment now the question is how do we cultivate this grace and to show it we will go back to the life of Jesus in Luke chapter 2 verse 40 it says the rec the sacred record says that his childhood the child grew and waxed strong in spirit filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him and of his youth it is said Jesus increased Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man he applied himself reading from Christian temperance he applied himself diligently to a study of the scriptures talking about his life of regularity say and other he said for he knew them to be full of invaluable instruction he was faithful in the discharge of his home duties and the early morning hours instead of being spent in bed often found him in a retired place searching the scriptures and praying to his heavenly father we see that he had time for everything and this is the place where we can be very notorious Sometimes you, you see yourself looking for things. You spend hours and days and months looking for something that you could have placed in the right place where you took it from, the same spot. 
and that's when people will begin to tell you that maybe you placed it with your left hand is that true or is that traditional what about left-handed people they place things with their left hand all the time or well, looking at jesus in mark chapter 6 verse 38 say he said unto them how many loaves have ye go and see and when they knew they say five and two fishes and he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the grass upon the green grass and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifty remember the story where he made sure that before he could perform the miracle he would not have them clamoring for the bread and what will happen next is that it, a stampede will take place so he had them sit down in groups of 50 and in hundreds that's orderliness jesus directed that these be brought to him in desire of ages chapter 300 and page 365 it says jesus directed that these be brought to him then he bade the disciples sit the people on the grass in parties of 50 or a hundred to preserve order and that all might witness what he was about to do when this was accomplished jesus took the food and looking up to heaven he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitudes you understand that these were crowds so large so numerous that his work of healing and teaching that he performed there were no buildings large enough in palestine to receive the multitudes that thronged him other is heaven's first law and the lord desires his people to give in their homes a representation of the order and harmony that pervade the heavenly courts truth never places her delicate feet in a path of uncleanness or impurity truth does not make men and women coarse or rough and untidy it raises all who accept it to a high level under christ's influence a work of constant refinement goes on special directions was given to the armies of israel that everything in and around their tent should be clean and orderly lest the angel of the lord passing through the encampment should see their uncleanness would the lord be particular to notice these things he would for the fact is stated lest in seeing their uncleanness he could not go forward with them with the armies to battle he who was so particular that the children of israel should cherish habits of cleanliness will not sanction any impurity in the homes of his people today god looks with disfavor on uncleanness of any kind how can we invite him into our homes unless all is neat and clean and pure when you come out on the street and you see children going up and about and you see a child with torn clothes 
and maybe the child not taking their bath and everything shows that something is wrong in the home because maybe somebody's not looking at the child somebody's not watching the child and so that's the same thing God is saying here that since you represent me in your homes if things are not orderly placed and neat showing that there is a sense of calmness even in the soul how can you represent me how can you say you're an ambassador when your house does not show that the country that you represent talking about discipline now now read from christian hygiene councils on health page 48 it says men will subject themselves to self-denial and discipline in order to run and obtain a corruptible crown one that will perish in a day and which was only a token of honor from mortals here but we are to run the race at the end of which is a crown of immortality and everlasting life yes a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory will be awarded to us as the prize when the race is run we says the apostle and incorruptible and if those who engage in this race here upon the earth for a temporal crown could be temperate in all things cannot we who have in view an incorruptible crown an eternal weight of glory a life and a life which measures with the life of god when we have this great inducement before us cannot we run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 say he has pointed out the way for us and marked it all along by his own footsteps it is the path that he traveled and we may with him experience the self-denial and the suffering and walk in this pathway imprinted by his own blood if they would have pure and vicious characters they must have the discipline of a well-regulated label which will bring into exercise all the muscles the satisfaction that children will have in being useful and in denying themselves to help others will be the most helpful pleasure they ever enjoyed why should the wealthy rob themselves of their dear children of these great blessings we see how disciplined jesus was and he wants us to come under the same discipline that he was in using the word of god as his standard as his rule of life what about regularity we see that the christian life is a battle and a match is a warfare when you accepted to follow jesus when i accepted to follow jesus i was enlisting into a, the finest elite of military you can ever find in this world a life a soldier that's why he says we are soldiers of the cross and so when you look at the military just look at them if you're not disciplined you cannot go through the boot camp you cannot go through the training they subject you 
you the, you're subjected to a life of regularity when to sleep when to wake when to eat when to drink you see the training when to exercise everything is under reg- a regular schedule and so for the christian ours even is even more higher because we are fighting for an immortal crown an incorruptible crown we have like the reading says something in view that is greater than what the sons of men are clamoring or fighting or trying to protect and so we are also subjected to a life of regularity like Jesus i'll read again from child guardians 387 it says regularity in eating irregularities in eating destroys the healthful thorn of the digestive organs to the detriment of health and cheerfulness in no case should the meals be irregular if dinner is eaten an hour or two before the usual time the stomach is unprepared for the new burden for it has not yet disposed of the food eaten at the previous meal and has not vital force for the new work thus the system is overtaxed neither should the meals be delayed one or two hours to suit circumstances or in order that a certain amount of work may be accomplished the stomach calls for food at the time it is accustomed to receive it and if that time is delayed the vitality of the system decreases and finally reaches so low an herb that the appetite is entirely gone if food is taken then the stomach is unable to properly care for it the food cannot be converted into good blood and if all would eat at regular periods not tasting anything between meals they would be ready for their meals and will find the pleasure in eating that will repay them for their effort so you see the danger there nothing confuses the brain like irregularity in eating so your body is accustomed to let us start with breakfast your body every time you wake up in the morning you eat your breakfast maybe by 8 tomorrow 7:30 the brain is expecting that you're getting ready to eat and so the brain orders the stomach and so digestive enzymes are being produced waiting for the entrance of the food and then nothing comes okay then you eat by 12 you see the danger there and so sometimes what about those who eat between meals they'll eat 8 o'clock eat 9 o'clock 10 o'clock 3 o'clock Four o'clock. It's midnight. See the indiscriminate hours of eating. Eating without order confuses the whole system. What you have is just an alcoholic stomach. So the danger there for the Christian that we have to train ourselves into habits of eating at the right time, so that the body will have time to process it. No eating between meals. we get that very clear in the reading and so because of that let us take again from councils on diet 179 it says after the regular meal is eaten the stomach should be allowed to rest for 5 hours 
not a particle of food should be introduced into the stomach till the next meal. In this interval, the stomach will perform its work and will then be in a condition to receive more food. In no case should the meals be irregular. If dinner is eaten an hour or two before the usual time, the stomach is unprepared for the new burden. Okay, neither should the meals be delayed one or two hours to suit circumstance. In 282 it says, Regularity in eating is of vital importance. There should be a specified time for each meal. At this time, let everyone eat what the system requires and then take nothing more until the next meal. There are many who eat when the system needs no food at irregular intervals and between meals because they have not sufficient strength of will to resist inclination. When traveling, some are constantly nibbling if anything eatable is within their reach. This is very injurious. If travelers would eat regularly of food that is simple and nutritious, they would not feel so great weariness nor suffer so much from sickness. I am astonished to learn that after all the light that has been given in this place, many of you eat between meals. You should never let a muscle pass your lips between your regular meals. Eat what you ought, but eat it at one meal and then wait until the next. And then the last point I would like us to consider is the life of Elisha. See, Elisha became a man who God used so mightily. And so when Elijah was translated, we were looking at following strict rules in habits and performance of duties. When he got to the banks of Jordan, and then Elijah had been translated, and then he was holding the, the mantle on his hand, and then what he saw Elijah do was what he did. And so it became his practice that he learned from his master. And so he was putting it into practice. And when he was called to the office, his job was a very, very small one. He was called to pour water upon the hand of Elijah. And so that's when he learned. And so God was with him and he grew. And then he followed habits lifestyle practices that he had copied from his master and so so it is with us that as we look to the life of jesus today we continue to follow him we copy him and we'll continue to grow in grace may this be our experience in jesus name amen amen and indeed when we combine regularity with orderliness we increase the quality of our life by a very large degree regularity as we have just heard has to do with following a timetable ensuring that not just in food in also sleeping and also in your work if we do not have that timetable to make our work to be spaced we will find out that we will not balance our life as we should we may focus on one duty to the neglect of another but when we have a regular time for certain things, 
and you apportion a certain time to a particular task and a certain time to another, you'll find out that you work gradually and by little by little, as days go on, you'll be able to achieve much, not just achieving one thing. So, every day, whatever task you have, like we read in the devotion, apportion a time to that task and perform it and let your hands work deftly. Do not, in the midst of your work, get distracted and the time wasted in distraction will make you not to achieve what you are supposed to achieve. But when it comes to orderliness, orderliness helps us indeed to coordinate our lives and be more organized in the way we do our things. So I want to read something concerning that I will just make clear what it means to be orderly. The opposite of orderliness is slovenliness. To be slovenly means to be disorganized, to be disorderly. So I'm reading from the book Appeals to Youth, page 68 and downward, starting from paragraph 2. A slovenly boy makes himself a deal of needless trouble and greatly tires the patience of his mother. If you go into his room, you find it always in confusion. His things are scattered about here and there, some on the bed, some on the chairs, and some on the floor, but none in their places. He either has no particular place for anything or else he takes no pains to put things in their places. He leaves a thing where he uses it. Hence, if he wants anything, he never knows where to look for it, unless he happens to remember where he used it last. Does that describe your life? I'll continue the reading. He must waste his time in hunting for it. Hence, you will often hear him impatiently inquiring if anyone has seen his things, when he ought himself to know where they are. If he goes into another person's room, whatever article he lays his hand upon is misplaced. And so it is if he uses any of his father's tools. He never thinks of putting anything where he found it. He throws it down carelessly, wherever he happens to be, or else puts it in the wrong place. With these untidy habits is associated carelessness. He never seems to be thinking what he is about. He lays his heart on the chair, or throws it upon the floor. Thus he tries the patience of his mother and makes himself unwelcome at his own home. End of quote. Here is a letter which a mother was writing to her children and then she continues and says, Dear children, I do not write merely for your amusement but for your improvement. Learn where you fail and then commence the work of reform in earnest. You must learn order. Have set hours to work in the garden. Set hours in the heat of the day to arrange your garden seeds. Set hours to read and improve your mind. Spend no precious moments in bickerings and finding faults with each other. This disturbs your own happiness and pleases the enemy. Remember the eye of God is ever upon you. Endeavor to please him in all your acts. Make your peace with him while you are in health. Now, going on, this mother writes to her children again about what it means to be orderly. This is still appeals to youth, page 72. 
I will now write some things which are the opposites of slovenly and careless habits. The neat, orderly and careful boy has an invariable rule. A place for everything and everything in its place. Go into his room at any hour, you will find everything in order. He can go in the dark and lay his hands upon anything that he wants, so that he never runs the risk of setting the house on fire by carrying a light into his bedroom. He never leaves a thing at random where he happens to be using it, but always cuts, always puts it where it belongs. When he undresses, every article of his clothing is folded and laid together in the order that it will be wanted in the morning, so that he loses no time in hunting for it. He is equally careful of his person. He never considers himself dressed till he has washed his hands and face, cleaned his teeth and combed his hair, and he never thinks of setting down to the table with dirty hands. He learns to keep his clothes neat and clean. He never forgets to use the scraper at the door to remove the mud from his feet, and he makes it an invariable rule never to pass a mat without wiping his shoes. He never says like the sloven, I didn't think, to excuse himself. He would consider it unpardonable in him not to think, for what is the ability of thinking worth if it never comes when it is wanted? The need orderly boy makes himself agreeable to his mother or guardian and friends who are always glad to see him coming home and home is a delightful place to him because he meets with smiles and pleasant words but the sloven exposes himself to sour looks and chiding by his dirty habits and he finds home a disagreeable place because he makes it so end of quote so here we see clearly some examples on our daily lives and where we can practice orderliness. It is my prayer that we would take correction where correction is needed and increase the quality of our lives by being orderly and practicing regularity. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the lives of all the children, all your children scattered all over the world. We thank you because we know that your eyes are upon them and because you care for your children who represent you, that's why you give them your words of counsel. Lord, we see that you want us to display heaven's goodness you've blessed us with so much and so with the words that we read today lord we will need your holy spirit to help us put them to practice how to be orderly how to be regular how to be disciplined how to cultivate grace how to grow in grace how to show forth the grace that we have received from you oh lord we pray that as we go day by day, may these words continue to ring in our minds. And as it is said in the life of Jesus also, and of the young men who have proven that it is possible, 
that you continue to remind us that we grow and be refined and be polished into similitudes of a palace. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen.